From WXXI News, this is Unleashed, the pet show on Connections. I'm Evan Dawson. Today we are talking about how to keep pets safe during these hot summer months. And later in the show, we're going to hear from the Gates Police Department about what they recommend you do if you find a dog in a hot car. That is one subject we're going to cover, and we're going to try to answer questions about not only what you should do, but what you are legally allowed to do if you find yourself in that position. When I saw some of the numbers that we've seen from local police, Lollipop Farm, other sources, for just how often this is still happening, I have to confess it surprised me. So that's one subject, but there's a lot to talk about this hour. It's always a great chance for you to call in with questions about pet health and behavior. Dr. Joanne Levy is here from Doorbell Vet. She's in studio with me for the hour. I'm going to try to answer your phone calls. And you can call with questions about your pets. 844-295-TALK. That is toll free. 844-295-8255. Or if you're in Rochester, 263-WXXI. It's 263-9994. Get those questions in now. You can tweet your question as well to the hashtag Unleashed or to our producer, Media on Twitter. Media. that's Megan Mack on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Joanne Levy from Doorbell Vet is here. Welcome. Nice to have you here. Hi, Evan. I'm so delighted to be here. Doorbell Vet is, um, well, let's start with what it is and what, what it means to be a doorbell vet. Okay. Doorbell Vet is a very unique service. We are an all-house call practice. We uh, specifically see pets in your own household. Um, you don't have to travel to an office with your animal. Okay, but what can you, I would say what can you do, but really what can't you do? Are there limitations on what you can do given that you're not in your own office setting? There are limitations. We cannot do surgery if we have patients who need surgery or in the event of an emergency. We can evaluate that and actually refer you to uh, the proper treatment. Okay, and in in that case, do you send them elsewhere? Or do you have office space that they come to then? We send them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We either send them to the veterinarian wh- that they're comfortable working with, um, or we work with some local practices that help see our patients, and we have a nice communication with them. So you've been doing doorbell vet for how long now? I've been... Uh, participating in Doorbell Vet since January, but it's been a business since 2011. Since 2011. Mm -hmm. And and I assume the need for this is just because some people and some pets are not comfortable going in to office settings? Is that uh, dealing with anxiety? What are some of the missions here? We get a lot of referrals um, from practices when the patients are very anxious coming to the practice and they simply cannot work with them in the practice. Um, Pets are a lot more comfortable at home. We see a lot of senior pets who can no longer travel in cars who are uncomfortable on the slippery floors you would normally see in a practice. And we also have um, clients who are physically unable to get their pets to the veterinarian. So how many clients a month now are you are you dealing with? Ooh, we see, typically we'll see between five and seven patients a day per doctor mm-hmm. uh, because we have longer office appointment times. Sure, yeah. Um, We spend some time in your home with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about the pet, see its living circumstances, and we can make better recommendations for you. So you're not doing surgery, but are you doing shots, for example? We are. We're doing routine care, preventative care, um, and also sick patients. I I know you mentioned that older animals are routine candidates for this kind of care, but do you have 
clients who have younger animals who just feel more comfortable doing it this way and, and do that routinely? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have kittens and puppies that um, are either new to us or the client has other pets that we see. And as they introduce new animals into the household, we see them and we help them introduce the new pet to their other pets. Do you show up in some houses and they know who you are now and they and they head for the other room, the animals Yes. Do? They actually, <laughs> well, uh, they actually have a stethoscope phobia. Most animals oh, do. Really? Um, if they're going to be scared... Uh, they're fine. We pet them. We love them. We can do most of their exams sometimes without them even knowing we're examining them because we're just visitors in their house. But when it comes to that stethoscope, the mm-hmm. animals commonly, if they see it, they they get it's fearful? It's common that they do get fearful, yes. Okay. So you sneak up on them with that then? <laughs> you we warm them. up to them. We feed them. Sometimes we'll work with especially very scared cats in a small bathroom where they feel like, um, they don't have an escape, so they're not looking for an escape. Uh, and we have very experienced technicians that can help with that. This has been a hot summer, and um, mm-hmm. we're going to spend some time this hour talking about these kinds of issues. I'm just curious to know how, if you have seen much in the way of animals with, with heat problems, either heat stroke, heat exhaustion, that kind of thing. We have not. We've seen a few animals, um, especially rescue animals, that are... Um, very matted, so that is a problem with heat, especially when they're larger animals. So um, we can help the ang- anxious animal even if we are there to shave them and help them out with that. So, But we don't see many that have had heat problems. I've not been a dog owner for a long time, been a cat owner for a number of years, but do you recommend animals, dogs with longer hair, getting a haircut this time of year? No. 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 Um, it does provide some evapora- evaporation. Now, if they're going to be matted and that mat kind of lies on their skin, then they should be groomed and shaved. But they don't n- routinely need to be shaved for the summer. Okay. And heat exhaustion and heat stroke are two different things? I, I mean, I... Um, a progression, basically. So... Um, you're going to have the same uh, progression of symptoms. The the pet will start panting and pacing and being um, anxious about what's going on. It's an environment when it's really hot, and that just progresses to like a heat stroke uh, where their body starts to collapse mm-hmm. and they can't accommodate for that heat. All right. I, I assume they can survive heat stroke? Yes, they can. They can, yeah. With very quick treatment. Okay. So so it's a progression. And, and just reading that uh, last week a woman in Henrietta was charged with animal cruelty in the death of her two dogs. Lollipop Farm and law enforcement officers say that the Rottweiler and Great Dane were left outside in extreme heat without water. A necropsy performed at Lollipop Farm showed the animals died of heat stroke. Mm-hmm. And that's a misdemeanor charge for that owner. could lead to a $1,000 fine and or a year in prison. I don't know this person. I assume that this has been very difficult for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you are in the care of animals, you take on a level of responsibility. And some people, I think, at this time of year, they think, well, I will leave an animal outside while I go to work. But, you know, they're tied up and, you know, they've got water. Mm-hmm. So even on a 94-degree day, that should be fine. What's, what's the message that you would, you would offer on that? Um, I don't think that's fine because animals aren't... Always smart enough to seek shade. Um, there are the very small animal, small dogs, um, dogs with 
compromised respiratory systems that simply cannot tolerate that heat. Or if the animal's sick, obese, um, then they don't have the normal responses to tolerate any of that heat. Uh, these stories are, are so sad. Yeah, they, they really are. Listeners, if you've got any questions about your pet health or behavior, 844-295-TALK, toll-free, 844-295-8255, or 263-WXXI if you're in Rochester, 263-9994. Dr. Joanne Levy is here from Doorbell Vet. And that is, uh, how far and wide do you go with Doorbell Vet? Ooh, we go pretty far. We go everywhere, Canandaigua, um, Hemlock, out to Spencerport. Ontario. So not a whole lot. If you're hearing my voice, you probably could convince them um, to come see you uh, with Dr. Levy, who, again, if you're just joining us, doesn't have office space, but they make house calls. Yes. Which is more comfortable for the pets. So Mm -hmm. Uh, question from Mary in Greece writes to us and says, our puppy pees when she gets excited and she's six months old now. Will she grow out of this or how can I make it stop? She can grow out of this. It's called submissive urination. And um, basically, the best thing to do is to ignore it, clean it up very quietly. Most puppies with training and getting a little bit more confidence grow out of it, but they will have periodic um, episodes, but not as frequent as you've seen now. But you said it to be sort of... um discreet about it, quiet about it, as opposed to rubbing their nose in it, which sometimes you hear? absolutely never rub a puppy's nose in it. They will learn that um, something's making you angry. Um, When I go to the bathroom in the house and they see it, uh, it makes them angry. So I'm going to the other room where they never traffic, and I'll go there. So it creates further problems. So it's a -a whack-a-mole, but that doesn't solve that problem. Right. Okay. What's the most common issue that you're dealing with this summer? Most common issue we're dealing with this summer, we've had some pretty good summers this year. Um, I guess most of our visits this year have been routine. We've had some, a lot of cats with kidney issues this year. So kidney failure. Which unfortunately isn't all that uncommon for cats, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, as a cat owner myself and who had... uh, lost what we thought was the healthiest cat of our three a few years back from a big, big tumor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't see it until it's so far progressed. Or maybe, you know, it's easy as the owner. I felt, you know, did I do something wrong? Because she mm-hmm. was fine one day and the next day sluggish. And then the next day at the vet, they said, you know, this is bad. This is, this is bad. And I yeah. thought, how do we not see it? But they really hide that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we can do when, when tumors start? Because animals really do hide discomfort until it's really, really extreme, it seems. Right. Um, Cats are especially good at that. They will hide. You don't know they're sick until they're very sick. Um, In terms specifically of a tumor, if you notice something small, uh, if within the size of a month it's grown, then take it to your vet or have them come to you and do something called a fine needle aspirate. And that is putting a little needle in there and sucking out some cells. We look at it under the microscope and say, well, these cells don't look quite right, so maybe we should remove this. Or we make a judgment on, should we wait and watch it? It doesn't look dangerous. So we, having us see it, we can feel if it's attached under, underneath. There are a number of characteristics that will change our recommendation. 
Yeah, that, that was that was a tough one for us. Mm -hmm. We've got two that are 15 and 14 now, though, and they seem great. They seem fine for now. Everybody says, right. oh, that's kind of old. And I think, wait, can't, can't cats live pretty comfortably indoor cats? Past 20, 15, 21 14? years old. There you go. See, mm -hmm. from, from your lips, Dr. Levy. <laughs> uh, let's, get, let's get our first short break, and we're going to come back okay. and, and, and drill into a little bit more on the question of... Uh, of of heat and the impact on animals. And uh, we'll take some more your questions and calls as we go throughout this hour with Dr. Levy. It's your chance on Unleash the Pet Show to talk to a veterinarian with specific questions. If you have just about anything, uh, Dr. Levy from Doorbell Vet can help you with that. It's 844-295-TALK, toll-free, 844-295-8255 or 263-WXXI, 263-9994. Unleash continues next. Support for your public radio station comes from our members and from the financial advisors of the Sartini Group at Morgan Stanley, 585-987-6053. Investments and services are offered through Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. From Natural Pet Foods Company, helping people make diet choices for their pets, offering frozen and grain-free foods, and foods for pets with special needs. 766 Clinton Avenue in the South Wedge, naturalpetfoodscompany.com. And All Cats Care Center, a full-service feline veterinary hospital offering medical and surgical care and boarding. All Cats Care Center, where cats come first. More online at allcatscarecenter.com. Welcome back to Unleash the Pet Show on Connections. I'm Evan Dawson. I see the phone lit up. We'll be getting to your questions in just a second. Uh, but I uh, want to just let you know that this is your chance to talk to Dr. Joanne Levy from Doorbell Vet, which is, are you online, Dr. Levy? How's, what's the easiest way to find Doorbell Vet um, since you don't have a physical <laughs> office or a location? You're one of the rare vets you in this can case. always Google Doorbell Vet, info at doorbellvet.com, and we're on Facebook also. Okay, and you've been doing it since January. Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy it in this setting? Do you enjoy kind of going out to the source, to people's homes individually? I do. It's actually so relaxing because the pets are more relaxed, and I get to form a great connection with the clients. I think obviously they will probably appreciate that more, but, um, and, and I don't mean to cut into the drill by that visit business model either, but is, does it, is this really for owners and pets who can't get themselves to an office, or do you think this makes more sense, broadly speaking, that if this were more of an option to pet owners, it's smarter to do it this way? It's a great option for pet owners to do this way because of reducing stress in the pet. So often when they arrive at an office, I've worked in clinical practice for a long time, to know that their heart rate, their breathing, it's all different um, when they arrive at your hospital. So that all changes, and I'd say one of the one of the most common things for pet owners to ask us is about their animal's behavior. And if they're in the home, we can directly see that behavior. Yeah, so it's very helpful. It, it sometimes doesn't translate when you're talking in an office setting. That very interesting. Let me grab a phone call. This is Virginia in Rochester. Go ahead, Virginia. Hi, my cat is dragging her butt on the carpet. Uh, like I've seen dogs do. Do, do. do cats have anal glands that need to be, ex, you know, the, the stuff taken out of it or what? Um, yes, they do. They have anal glands just like dogs do. And especially if the cat can't groom really well uh, their back end, then they can have impacted anal glands. So they should be checked 
Um, also checked around the urinary tract area to make sure there's no clumping of fur or that make sure they're grooming there pretty well and keeping themselves clean. So um, definitely warrants a, a visit to the vet um, and a check of the anal glands. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck to you. Uh, Dr. Levy, have you seen the viral story about the, the puppy dog poop in the Roomba? No. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to read it right here on the air. I'm just going to tell you. At some point, if you need a laugh, just just Google it. You will find it instantly. It's gone super nuclear viral in the last week. It is really <laughs> funny. But uh, it does remind all of us, if you happen to have a Roomba, which is, I guess, that's one of those vacuums, right, that, that yeah. kind of goes on its own. Yeah. What I didn't know is that you can set it to go off at different times. And this couple, who had a young child and a six-month-old puppy, mm-hmm. uh, had the Roomba going off uh, every night in the middle of the night while they slept. What you don't want to do in case you have a, a puppy that's still being house trained, just in case the Roomba picks it up. Okay. I will not tell you any more oh. than that. that oh. would, and don't call Dr. Levy <laughs> if that happens. Call, call an industrial cleaner uh, if that oh. happens. Here's a written question that comes from uh, Beth and who says, uh, I'm interested in adopting a rescue dog. So many of them have heartworm. What are the long-term consequences of this? Well, um, heartworm, you should, before you adopt the dog, make sure they're tested for heartworm. And a lot are treated before you actually get them. Long-term consequences uh, after six months are not that severe. They may have slight scarring in their lungs, which is not typically a problem. And as long as the heartworm disease isn't too advanced, then their heart will be uh, pretty healthy. So I'd go for it. What questions do you need to ask then before, though, you make that decision or, or, or early on in that, in that relationship with the pet? Make sure they've had some x-rays and blood workup before they've had their heartworm treatments and make sure they've had the proper uh, series of injectable treatments and are on heartworm prevention when you get them. I also uh, want to mention that we had a listener off air who just wanted to call in and make sure that you give your number out because, again, there's no office oh. for doorbell vets. So <laughs> if you want to call doorbell vet, can you do that? Yes, you can. The number is 441-0200. And there is, we should mention, a no-fee pet adoption event at City Animal Services Center tomorrow. Rochester Animal Services will host a no-fee pet adoption event that's supported by the Petco Foundation from tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 4.30. That's tomorrow, August 20th, from 11 a.m. to 4.30. That's at the Animal Services Center at 184 Verona Street. Adoption fees are going to be waived for all cats and dogs adopted tomorrow from 11 to 4.30. So you're getting not only a chance to, to check out dogs and cats there, you're getting some information from our vet here in studio today about the questions you need to ask and health issues to address. And now I want to turn to our colleague, Beth Adams, uh, because I, well, I, I think that as we've been talking about when it comes to pets and unattended, listen to this. Between May and August 11th, human law enforcement officers at Lollipop Farm say they got 54 calls from people who reported finding dogs left alone in cars in our area. 54. Leaving pets unattended in vehicles, obviously not a good idea. When the weather is this hot as it's been this summer, as we've discussed, it can be deadly. When it's 72 degrees outside, the temperature inside your car can get up to 116 degrees within an hour. When it's 80 degrees, 
The temperature inside your car can get up to 99 degrees in just 10 minutes. So rolling the windows down has been shown to have not nearly the effect that you think it does to make sure an animal can stay cool in there. So what should you do if you find somebody else's dog inside a car? Maybe you're in a shopping plaza or maybe somewhere else and you know it looks like they're in trouble. WXXI's Beth Adams spoke to a woman who had this experience. She also talked to a police officer who has some ideas for how you should respond if you ever find yourself in the same situation. Lynn Sanchez-Freeze is a colleague of ours here at WXXI. She stepped out of the office for a bite to eat on July 29th. We checked, and the high that day was 82 degrees at noon. So, Lynn, tell me what happened that day. Walk us through what you saw. Well, I was walking to um, into a business to pick up some food, and I noticed that there was a small dog in a car. The car was in the sun. The windows were rolled down. And I, when I looked in the car, I saw that there was a little cup of water there. But I was concerned because the car was in the sun, and when it's about 80 degrees, I know that it's much hotter in a car. And since the car was outside of a restaurant, I figured the people were inside eating. Did the dog look distressed at all? Yes, I felt that it did. It was about uh, maybe a 10 or 12-pound dog. It's more of a danger for a small dog or an elderly dog. So the dog was panting. So I called 311 and they said that they would send animal control over. All I had to do was give them the address. I gave them the model of the car and my name and, and that was it. Did you find or encounter the owner of that car and the owner of that dog at all? Unfortunately, I did. Um, I spoke to him as he was walking to the bathroom. I asked him if he happened to have a, a dog in a car in, in the parking lot. Um, he was pretty sarcastic to me, and we did have a few conversations over the next course of the, over the course of 30 minutes about how I thought it was dangerous and it's illegal in some states to leave your dog in a car. I actually had my cell phone with me, my smartphone, and I looked it up and I found the law and offered to show him. And he kept telling me that it wasn't that warm out, that the dog was fine. And we had a strange situation where I stayed in my car expecting him to take the dog home and leave the dog home and maybe come back and finish his meal if that's what he wanted to do. He drove out of the parking lot, uh, waited a while, and then he came back with the dog to park again expecting that I was gone. He saw me and we had another few exchanges of words and... Then uh, he started leaving again, and I said, sir, I'll, I'll be here when you get back, because I was hoping to stay until animal control got there. And now, how much time has passed before animal control has gotten there? Oh, it was um, at least a half an hour, so it, it was a while. I actually did not stay long enough for animal control to come, because even though the man with the dog drove around the block a couple times and came back twice, hoping that I would not be there anymore... He eventually went home and took the dog home because he came back into the restaurant. He snuck in through another <laughs> entrance, and I, I saw that he was back in the restaurant. And I went down the street. I saw the car was parked down the street, and I thought, oh, no, he left the dog in the car down the street. But the dog wasn't there, so I think he did take the dog home after all. You really were persistent and stayed there a long time on what was probably your lunch hour I don't know if a lot of people would have gone to the lengths that you did to try to help this dog. It's true. I, I think that I didn't go to the length that I could have because if I had gotten really angry, I might have just taken the dog out and taken him right to the shelter and said, hey, 
I found this dog in danger in a car. And <laughs> but I thought, well, you know, I've called the authorities. I've put the social pressure on. I've got a very good boss who was understanding about me getting back late from lunch. And, and it worked out. And maybe the next time that man will think twice. He'll say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to look good. Even if he doesn't have an idea of how dangerous it is for a dog. I mean, he might look it up online. And, and realize or look at some of the great videos that I know Unleash has posted and maybe be informed. So what does the law say we can do and can't do to help an animal in distress? I went to the Gates Police Department for some answers from Officer Lance Duffy. If you remember, Lynn called 311 when she found the little dog panting in a hot car. Officer Duffy recommends calling 911. If uh, that jurisdiction that you call 911 at has an animal control officer, they will also respond. Also, uh, we do have an ASPCA officer uh, in Monroe County, and at times they get notified also, and they may respond. But 911 is the, the best way to go. Call 911, and we'll get there as soon as we can. If minutes pass, no one has shown up, and the, the dog looks like it's really struggling, can I break into that car? Well, what you have to do is you, you have to look at the big picture. Um, if you if you really feel that dog's life is in danger, obviously you got to do what you have to do. I'm not uh, telling people to go out and break car windows, uh, you know, at will. But if if that dog is in that much distress, because an animal inside a vehicle, uh, they use body sweat and panting to cool down. And I'll give an example: a 70 degree day, uh, within 15 minutes time, that car is going to be 90 to 100 degrees inside there. And the dog using the panting to cool his body, uh, it's not going to get the cooler temperature it needs to cool a body. So uh, minutes can be very, very important. So uh, what I'd recommend, if that dog is in that much distress and you, and you still don't have uh, you know, an emergency services at that location yet, then you do what you have to do to protect that dog. You didn't mention trying to find the owner of that vehicle. Is that a good idea to try to track someone down before you take any further step? Right. Well, what I would recommend you do is call 911 first. That way you at least have emergency services on the way. And you could also sometimes the fire department will be monitoring, and they may even stop in and give assistance. Uh, but the first thing I would recommend you do is call 911. And then, yeah, absolutely, if you happen to be in a plaza situation, like say you're outside of uh, like a Wegmans food market, uh, once you get 911 called, you know we're on the way, and you can go to the service desk and say, hey, could you page the person who has this vehicle? You, you want to try to exhaust all your efforts not to damage your car uh, because at the end of the day, if they come back and say, hey, you damaged my car, you're responsible for the damage, you can say, hey, I exhausted every effort to locate you. This is your fault that this dog was left in the car. And, you know, and sadly, this is happening more and more often in our world today. People aren't being considerate for animals left in cars. They think they can just run in the store, or oh, I'm only going to be five minutes. Well, five minutes normally turns into 15, 20, 30 minutes, and that's a long time, especially on the, the hot days we've had recently. That, that car is going to get up to 150 degrees very fast on these hot days. Have you seen a lot of these calls, dogs left in cars, this summer? Oh, absolutely. We, we probably get one or two per week in the town of Gates alone. Uh, there's, there's times we have three or four in a day. And, uh, you know, once again, these people think, hey, I'm only going to be a couple minutes. But realistically, let's face it, you walk into a store, you get one item. Next thing you know, you're grabbing two, three things. Now you're waiting in line. Now you're waiting to make your purchase. And by the time you get back to your car, sometimes it's a half hour. That's enough for, for an animal to die. So it's very important. 
if I do take matters into my own hands and break into that vehicle before help has arrived, can I be charged with a crime? Once again, we look at the situation and uh, the need to, to take that action. Uh, like I always recommend, call 911. Now you have documentation before you made any other step. I, I notified the authorities. Uh, you can actually talk to the 911 dispatcher, stay right on the phone with the 911 dispatcher, like how, how far is the car away, because we'll, we'll be in communication with them. Uh, and once again, attempting to locate the owner. If you exhausted those efforts and you still are not successful, you stand a much better chance of not dealing with anything other than I'm trying to save this dog. If you just walk up to a window and, and smash it and say, I was concerned for that dog, you might have to answer to that action. And that was WXXI's Beth Adams. In New York State, it is illegal to leave a pet in the car in extreme heat or cold without proper protection if it poses a danger to the animal. But no state has fully codified in law a protection of people who break the car windows or open car doors to rescue animals in distress. That could change, though. The Buffalo News reports that New York State legislators have proposed a bill that would protect anyone who takes, quote, necessary steps to open a car and rescue an animal in danger due to heat or cold. That would require the person rescuing the animal to turn the pet over to the Humane Society and leave a note in the car for the owner. That law, if it passes, would be the first of its kind in the country. It was introduced to the legislature in May, late in the session, so it will be on the agenda when the legislature resumes. So let me turn back to Dr. Joanne Levy from Doorbell Vet, who is our guest in studio for the hour. It sounds to me like... Uh, even though there's not a codified legal protection for Good Samaritans right now, as you heard from the police officer there, it's sort of case by case. I think that, that if they really feel like you have done your best to exhaust the options, but you're trying to save an animal's life, even though there's, there's not a legal protection right now, it does sound like there is some common sense protection. I don't, I don't know, but could you ever envision yourself, Dr. Levy, being in a position where you say, I don't have any other choice. I mean, I'm going to break this window. Would you do it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would, I would, if I saw an animal um, that was uh, especially, you know, wobbling around in there, suffering, I would definitely break the window. And you are someone who are going to, you're going to recognize the the kind of signs more easily than we would. I mean, this is, this is your job uh, in veterinary service. So when you're looking at an animal like that, are they usually yelping and crying, for example? Is a dog usually yelping and crying before it gets serious? Um, you know, what are some of the signs that you can see? They're yelping and crying first. Okay. Remember that our pets love us, and when they see us leave the car, sure. they get anxious. Yeah. So that sets the cycle um, right there. So usually they're starting to yelp and cry, and then they are sitting on the seat, can't stand up, and it progresses very soon to just... Um, they can seizure, uh, they can become comatose, and they really need to be rescued immediately. But just because an animal is yelping or crying, you may think, well, the dog's not having a seizure. It's not that progressed. Right. It doesn't mean they're that far away from a dangerous situation, right? Right. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if things change with that law. Um, you know, it, it I'm certainly not trying to downplay that law because I think people should be protected if they're trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like what the police are saying now is use your use common sense, but, you know, uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to be sued every single time if you really are saving an animal's life. So uh, anyway, we will certainly be tracking that piece of legislation and we'll see 
what happens there. Let's get our only other break of the hour. And when we come back, we'll get back to your questions. We've got a few more questions that have come in for Dr. Joanne Levy from Doorbell Vet. She's in studio with me for the hour, answering your questions about pet health and behavior. And you can call right now. We've got about 20 minutes left. You can call 844-295-TALK with a question about your pet's health or behavior. 844-295-8255 or 263-WXXI, 263-9994. You can email me, edawson at connections, <laughs> connections.org, wxxi.org. It is a Friday. edawson at wxxi.org. Or you can use the hashtag Unleash. You can also find our producer, Megan Mack, on Twitter at mmacmedia. More of your questions for Dr. Levy next. Coming up in our second hour, the art that we most commonly get wrong from popular songs... Great pieces of classical music, literature, poetry, painting, and more. What do we most commonly confuse in terms of the intentions of the artist? We'll take your submissions and run down our list. Fun way to end the week next hour. This is WXXI AM Rochester, WRUR-FM and HD Rochester, WEOS-FM and HD Geneva, and WXXI-FM HD2 Rochester. Support for your public radio station comes from our members and from the financial advisors of the Sartini Group at Morgan Stanley, 585-987-6053. Investments and services are offered through Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. From All Cats Care Center, a full-service feline veterinary hospital offering medical and surgical care and boarding. All Cats Care Center, where cats come first. More online at allcatscarecenter.com. And Natural Pet Foods Company, helping people make diet choices for their pets, offering frozen and grain-free foods and foods for pets with special needs. 766 Clinton Avenue in the South Wedge. Naturalpetfoodscompany.com. Welcome back to Connections Unleash the Pet Show. I'm Evan Dawson. I see the phone ringing. We'll get to your calls in just a second for Dr. Joanne Levy, who's from Doorbell Vet, our first veterinarian on this program who doesn't have a brick-and-mortar office for you to take your pets to. In fact, she and her colleagues, how many colleagues? Uh, we have five doctors. Five doctors. They come to you. They come to, to your home for, for various reasons, often because... Uh, not just people are uncomfortable going to the doctor, but your pets can be uncomfortable going to the doctor. You can't do surgery in your home, but they do just about everything else. And um, sometimes it's routine. Well, how would you say the breakdown is? Are you responding to more emergencies or more just routine scheduled visits? Routine scheduled visits. Okay. Yes. Um, And when there is an emergency, I guess because you can't do surgery, sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll call someone else. But you're there for emergencies sometimes as well, just to respond to questions about... Uh, behavior or, or, or health issues, yes? Right. We have someone answering the phones um, so they can always reach the doctors. We also do go to the house. I had an example two days ago where we went to the house and I said, this dog needs to go to the emergency clinic and we will, because there's nothing we can do at home right now, um, we'll help you get him in the car and make the call for you that you're coming. So... We do handle the occasional emergency situation. Sometimes uh, it's a case of a pet owner's animal swallowed something that they should not have. Mm-hmm. And it's always fascinating for me to ask, ask veterinarians <laughs> the, some of the things that top the list of, I can't believe they ate this. Is there something that stands out to you? A dog ate something, uh, maybe a cat ingested something that they should not have. 
Mm, rubber duckies. Rubber duckies. Yes. What does that do to... Uh, Usually it's a dog. <laughs> and if it's a big dog, hopefully it's passable. Is it passable? Not always. Not always. And, no. and that would be then that would be surgery that you've got to send them for yes. something else too. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of ingestible and passable, we had a question from a listener named, hold on, I had it down. Bart, Bart wanted to know, uh, says he uses True Green at home, okay. uh, uh, a lawn service, and just wants to know how long animals should be off the lawn after they've had some a company like True Green come. Okay. Just like with children um, or people, you wouldn't necessarily go out and play on the lawn uh, right after you've treated the lawn. So I would wait until there was a good rain um, or that you've watered the lawn um, after the treatment before sending the pet out. Okay. Hope that helps there, Bart. Wait for a good rain or don't let them go right on out after. Mm-hmm. I, I know there are some home fertilizing that is more uh, organic, less obtrusive in nature, but mm-hmm. probably good also to talk to whoever is working with you on that. Matt writes has a very specific pet question. It says, Evan, please ask the doctor if she has any experience with an African gray Congo male who chews or barbers his feathers. Are there any remedies that work? I don't know what the, I guess that's a specific breed. Yes. Um, African greys are very intelligent birds. So um, sometimes they are simply not stimulated enough. So um, getting more interaction time with them, uh, teaching them tricks. Sometimes they have parasites on their skin that make them itchy. Um, You might want to take him to a vet to have him medically evaluated first before you would call it a behavioral problem. Is is barbering feathers? I mean, he used the term Mm -hmm. barbering feathers. They They pluck. They pluck? They actually pluck their their feathers, yes. Is that it? Disorder uh, of, of some kind? It can be a psychological disorder. Oh, wow. So they can get um, anxiety medications to help with that. So that's an African gray Congo male, and that is a bird. Mm-hmm. I actually thought Matt's email indicated, you know, maybe this is a, um, what are some of the dogs uh, that have more feathery fur? You know, <laughs> I really I thought it was, is he describing a dog, like a chow or something like right, that? Right. No, this is a bird. Okay. It's a bird. Matt, good luck to you uh, and, and certainly hope that you get some help there. Back to the phones we go. This is Anna and Henrietta. Go ahead, Anna. Hello. Hello. Go ahead, Anna. I have, I have a beautiful black cat. He's got six toes on both of his right paws, front paws. And I'm leaving my home soon, and I don't know what to do with him. I I would love to take him with me, but he doesn't shine up to me. And, oh, he's just the most gorgeous cat you ever saw. And I can't take him to the vet because I can't. I'm old. I'm 85 years old. Mm -hmm. And I would like to find somebody who would be good to him. Okay. Is he indoor or is he outdoor? He's an indoor cat. I have two cats. I've got Casper and him. And I did have the doorbell vet people once to come, and they zeroed in on the easy cat, not the hard cat. Okay. But anyway, if I could find a good home for this little guy, I would love it. Mm -hmm. And there are several rescue organizations who um, help place cats in new homes. 
but you'd want to make sure he's all up to date and um, healthy. He's not up to date. Yeah. I've not had him to the best since he was a little kid. So we can come see him and up to date. You might you might need to call Doorbell Vet. There you go. Uh, well, I called Doorbell Vet, and as I tell you, they came in and zeroed in on the easy cat. Oh. And didn't do anything with him because he wouldn't let them catch him. Oh. And if they had called me on the phone the night before, place him in a room where we can get him. Right. So what we do now, we call about 15 minutes before we arrive at your house, and we have you um, separate the cats, maybe put one in a bathroom, one um, in another bathroom or a small room where they can't hide from us because uh-huh. cats are exquisite good at hiding under things where we can't reach them. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so if they're not suspicious yet that we're coming and you put them in a bathroom, it's only 15 minutes. They'll be scratching to get out, um, but we won't have to go through that period where we're chasing them around or we're trying to get them out from something where they get very defensive. So it's a lot easier for them and a lot easier for us to work with them, especially if they're very frightened. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Anna, good luck to you. So, okay, so you're telling me that I should call the doorbell vet again? Yes, and we'll come out. We'll make sure we tell you when we're coming and um, help you out with your kitty and you know, if he's nice and healthy, vaccinated, that, that improves his chance of getting a new home. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Anna. Uh, Before I grab another quick phone call, just to follow up on that, uh, Dr. Levy, you know, again, having cats ourselves, it is very different than having dogs. I mean, having a dog is is a lot more like having a child when you're dealing with care and and making sure there's attention. Some people think when we go away for a long weekend or even, you know, five days, whatever, we just leave a lot of extra food and water. You know, the cats will be fine. Do you generally set kind of a limit where you would tell people, don't be out of the house or have no human contact with a cat, even as independent as they are? Is there kind of a cutoff in your mind for what's healthy to you? I would like somebody to come check on your average age healthy cat at least every 24 hours. You know, having someone come into the house, spending some time with them. They are social animals, and they do miss you when you're gone. They're very sensitive. If you have an older cat that has some special needs or has been sick, then it's best to have someone stay in the house with them. Okay. Well, um, I I know one of the advantages of cat ownership over dog ownership is a little less maintenance, but mm-hmm. but sometimes we can take that for granted going on vacation. Right. So Anna, I hope you got some, some help there uh, and good luck to you with that. One more quick question for the vet before I go back to the phones uh, on cats, which is we saw uh, one of our cats was, I was in the kitchen with my son the other day and I heard a nasty growling at the front door. She was, you know, just a glass screen door. She was nose to nose with an outdoor cat. Mm-hmm. Tail bushed out and everything. And I tried to sort of calm her down, and it was a good thing I was wearing long pants because she took out some aggression on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was very fired up and uh, uncharacteristically aggressive for a little while after that. Yes. And I've heard the term misplaced aggression, or I don't know if that's the... uh, That's the correct term, um, But what do we do to make sure nobody gets hurt if there is potential misplaced aggression? 
Okay. Um, there are a few things you can do. You mostly have to prevent that. So um, having some calming, there are some calming plugins that you can put in in the house that release pheromones that calm cats. Um, restricting your cat's access to seeing that other cat around its household. So if you have to shut the shades, mm-hmm. um, you might need to do that just to diffuse the situation uh, until your cat kind of backs down on its aggression um, and really avoiding the situation where you're shooing the cat away because the cat will will be aggressive towards you. So, yeah, she, she was. She was yeah. up, She was upset. I tried mm-hmm. to reason with her and tell her, this is your house. No one's coming in. And she did not listen. <laughs> right. Uh, and then when I got the front door closed, she ran over to the window looking for this cat. Right. Going like, come on, step to this. Let's go. Right. So, and it was, that was not a pleasant yeah. five or ten minutes there. It was, I was a little nervous about what was going to happen. Often we'll need to block their view. Um, some cats get so bad that you need to medicate them kind of with a... a calming medication. There are some natural medications on the markets now that help calm them. Um, And finally, one thing that we will often see in that situation, they'll start marking having inappropriate Mm. behavior in the household. No, we haven't seen that. So, So, And she did calm down, but uh, it it was something to see. That was... Not a pleasant moment. Yeah, not a pleasant (laughs) moment. This is Tom in Pittsford next up. Go ahead, Tom. Evan, thank you for taking my call. I I love this show and and, uh, and, and appreciate the... I just want to echo a sentiment that the vet, uh, the doctor that's on the show about the importance of bringing the vet to the home, less stress on the animal. Uh, Also, what we use for our our dogs and cats are pet sitters, vice boarding our pets. Again, the pets stay in the home, they're in their environment. yeah, maybe a little extra money to do that, but you know, we come home for our vacations, and the dogs and the cats are, are a lot happier without having to be cooped up in a in a in a cage at, at a boarding facility. So, uh, shout out to the to ring uh, the doorbell vets. That's a great idea. Also, I think it's a good idea to uh, to keep your pets at home even when you're on vacation and have pet sitters come in. So, just a comment, not really a question. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate the kind words, and I know. Uh, Dr. Levy does as well for mm-hmm. for, for the service yes. and the intention. So uh, thank you very much for that. Yeah, I, I think if the animal can stay in the house, part of the reason that doorbell vets exist is animals are more comfortable in their house. If mm-hmm. you go on vacation, we're lucky. We've got friends and relatives close by who will just sort of house sit. They'll be there. They, the cats know them. They know the cats. They like the space. Uh, you know, they're fine. And it, it really worked out. So we're we're sort of privileged in that way. But um but good sentiments there, Tom. So thank you very much for the phone call. We also had a, a caller who wanted to just leave a remark about animals in heat danger. I thought this was a valuable comment. The caller said, um, essentially said, document it first. You know, because mm-hmm. if you end up breaking a window, that person who owns the car, more likely than not, is going to accuse you of doing something overly drastic and unnecessary because most people are not going to admit they put their own an- animal in danger. And so the caller just said, use your cell phone video if you can, make a video. Then call 911, and then if you have to, break a window or get into the car in some way, force your way in. But at the very least, you can document, look, here I was, there's no one around, I'm calling for an owner, there's no one around, I'm showing you what the sound and the, and the, the situation look like to me. Because when they come back to you and say, this is your bill now, 
Nothing on nothing in a car. You can breathe on a car. If it ends up in a shop, it's a thousand bucks or more these days. Nothing is less than a thousand. It's amazing. Uh, but I think that's good advice to document, mm-hmm. don't you think, Doctor? I think Lady? so too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that makes sense. Just to see everything that's in front of you. Well, we we're right. down to about our, our last two minutes here. So, what's the expectation for doorbell vets? Do you think this is a, a business that will grow? You've been doing it. Since, you've been doing it since January. Yes. Business yeah. for five years. Yes. Are you finding a growing audience? People saying, "I've never taken my animal. I've never not <laughs> taken my animals to a vet, and a vet come to me." Do you think this will grow? I think so. I we are not well known at this point, but. Uh, the word is totally spreading. And when I have never been in a practice before where every time I walk out the door from seeing the animal, the owner's like, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your service. Especially when we are working with owners for senior pets, for quality of Mm -hmm. life, um, and that type of service. It's really, really needed. And we have so many seniors with pets and they need care too. So it's a great service. I imagine if more people knew about this as an option, we may see more older adults mm-hmm. willing to get senior pets. I recall when my wife's grandmother was uh, in the last few years of her life and everyone was saying, look, uh, you know, she had lost her husband she she did love the dogs they had had over the years. She had fond memories, and it was like you know get get a get a senior pet, a dog or a cat. You know you, you could do great with it. Uh, I think for a lot of reasons she didn't want to do that. But if she knew that a vet could come to the home and take away a lot of the mystery and concern about travel and getting there, I think that could have changed it. I think mm-hmm. we may see more of that. And I'm always amazed at the positive impact animals have on our senior adults. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. And there's there's also opportunity for, we have a lot of pets with extended care, so uh, palliative care. Um, and we have some seniors, you know, that have pets that someone has to make sure someone's taking care of the pets. So. Well, I know people were asking earlier, so let's do it again. You can find Doorbell Vets online mm-hmm. at... Info at doorbellvet.com. All right, that, that, that's the way to, to write you there. The phone number is 4410200. All right, and, and they travel as far as Canandaigua, oh, yeah. pretty far and wide. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's an option that you might not have known existed. And I want to thank Dr. Joanne Levy from Doorbell Vet for being here. Great conversation. Thank yes, you so much. Thank you. All right, and you know, you can let us know what you think about Unleashed by tweeting us at the hashtag Unleashed. If you've got story ideas, stories about animals and issues you think we should know about for this program, email us, unleashed at wxxi.org. Next hour, the most misunderstood popular art in all genres. That's next.